Welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, podcast listeners. My name is Alan Collins. I'm the partner who heads up the abuse team at Hugh James, and I'm joined by my colleague, Danielle Vincent. Hi, Danny. Hi, Alan. And in this podcast, we are going to be talking about when nudes are stolen and image-based abuse. And you have decided, Danny, that this would be an appropriate subject for this particular podcast. And therefore, I'm going to get you, Danny, to explain to me and our listeners as to what this is all about. Okay, so Jess Davies, she did a documentary for BBC that is still on iPlayer for any of our listeners who want to watch it about how images are being traded effectively on the dark web for financial gain, basically. So individuals can go on to websites and say a famous person that they want, and then they are sent hundreds or if not thousands of images within a folder one of the things that came out of this documentary is how these images are constantly being used whether it be on different websites whether it's an escort website or setting up new social media profiles to try to extortion money from other people so these images of these individuals are just being used over and over again without their consent or their control So do these photographs, images get edited in some way? Some of them have been edited and our podcast listeners may have heard our podcast on deep fakes where your facial image is put onto a video or another picture. So there were concerns of that, but also just images that this individual had put out years and years before when she was working in glamour modelling were now being released over and over again, but putting on websites that she didn't, you know, consent to, escort sites and things uh, like yeah. that. So why would someone do this? Why would someone want to take these photographs, these images, and get them sort of posted on dating websites or porn sites or whatever? What, what's that all about? Well, there's a financial gain from it. So one of the focuses is on this dark web of exchanging big folders of images of one individual so somebody may log on and say I want images of x person and then somebody else who will have that folder will then trade it for financial gain and then again the images are being used on things like social media accounts to speak to other individuals and obtain money from them pretending to be somebody that they're not you know it's a really quite dark and uncomplicated issue yeah okay what's being done about it this was one of the things from the documentary is that actually how difficult things can be to change and it is very similar to other podcasts we've done when we've talked about revenge porn is that actually if these images are uploaded to one site and then if you are that person in the images spend a long time trying to get those images removed they may then be removed from that site and then they'll pop up on another site somewhere else So it's a constant 
chasing your tail of having these images removed, which we've talked about many times before. So the host of the particular website may not at the moment face any kind of sanction. No. Well, from my understanding, it's not the website who's trading the images. It's people on the website. So it's sort of chat room forums Mm. where people are going to a common space and then exchanging things for them. Amazon gift cards was one of the things that was said, because I'm guessing that's quite an easy currency to trade in in this sort of situation. So it's quite difficult to establish if somebody, you know, sought to sue who that they would be suing because especially if these websites are you know the domain is not based in for example the UK but somewhere offshore it's going to be quite difficult and so the criminal law has got to play catch up by the sounds of it yeah so we've talked about the criminal law quite often before in respect of image-based sharing and the intention to inflict harm on somebody but The difficulty in this specific situation is if the individual has released those pictures themselves onto their social media account, those pictures have been taken by somebody else, but those pictures have already been released, if that makes sense. Yeah. And the civil law, you've got to be able to identify the wrongdoer, haven't you? You've got to be able to identify the person who has taken possession of the image and traded it, and then you've got to go on and prove that you've either been harassed or harmed as a consequence? Yeah, so effectively that, depending on the individual person's case, we've looked into this, you know, there's potential infringement of privacy or breach of copyright, perhaps, if whomever owns the photograph. So, for example, if that was a professional photographer that took that photograph and they own the rights to it, you know, that has that been breached, but it's it's quite a complicated area of law. And I think, again, it's one of these situations where technology has just moved too fast that our criminal and civil laws are just not in a position where they're catching up at the moment. So if you're just ordinary Joe public and you find that images of you, which are private and intimate, are now circulating on the dark web and have ended up on some porn site or dating site or whatever and are being misused, you've got a heck of a problem on your hands, haven't you, if you want to try and get those images deleted, removed. Yeah, it's slightly different, as we say, that if it was a private image between two individuals and then that person has shared it, the person who received it has shared it, obviously the consent is not ongoing for that image to be shared on on the internet. That's Mm. effectively, we're, we're bordering on revenge porn there. But if it's an image by somebody that's been put out in the public domain and then it's being used, it's a bit more difficult. I can see when, you know, that image is actually being used to advertise services such as an escort. That's a lot more difficult. But if it's the image just being traded with other people or not just, but you being used for that, it's a really difficult, complicated area. It certainly is. It certainly is. And it all comes back, I suppose, to who ultimately is responsible for what is happening on the internet? Who is ultimately responsible? Exactly, and that's a million-dollar question, I think, in this situation. And on that note, because I don't know the answer, and I've yet to come across anybody who does know the answer, I think we will have to leave it. So thank you, Danny. Thank you, podcast listeners. And please do join us for our next podcast. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.